welcome, welcome. This is uh, podcast number six in the series, um, Finding Your Zone, Mindfulness Practices for Healthcare Practitioners, but we know it's not just for healthcare practitioners. Um, I'm Jama Green, and with me... I'm Victor Jones. Um, just a reminder, the AHEC site, Area LAHEC site, does have a resource list, and we're adding to that as we go. Uh, we are going to talk... Um, about resilience. Victor, what is resilience? That's a great question. So what is resilience? So one way of looking at resilience is when we are able to achieve a good outcome in the face of adversity. Quite often we hear the response of the ability to bounce back or the ability to stand back up when you get pushed down. So for to a large extent, we talk about resilience as the capacity to withstand or to recover from difficulties. So, and, of course, we have to say what resilience is not. Resilience is not necessarily a personality trait. It's a process of adaptation that is facilitated by the presence of a number of skills and characteristics, and it exists on a spectrum. Different people have different types of resilience. They have different abilities to to, uh, straighten back up according to different environments or different people that they're dealing with. So much of our concept or our capacity for resilience is shaped within us between those ages of zero to seven, and then, of course, with the ACEs that we've been talking about, which go from zero to 18, a lot of that is is part of how de- resilience is developed. Now, one of the good things is that resilience can also be built up. It can be strengthened. So we're not just born with a certain level or capacity for resilience, and then we're stuck with that for the rest of our lives. Resilience is something that can be exercised, it can be identified, and it can be grown within us. So the more uh, language we have and the more tools we have, such as those that Jayma and I teach as resilience educators, we can increase our capacity. And that's not just physical, but it's also intellectually. So the things that we know give us more capacity to process different ways to think about things, different perspectives to factor in. Some of the factors affecting resilience include our genetics and our epigenetics, which happens to be how our genes are turned on and off by our experiences. Uh, Nadine Burke Harris referenced that in in how our DNA is read and transcribed. We're also talking about the developmental environment in which a child exists and the environment of a child's uh, community, their personal neurobiology. Uh, We can also talk about what's happening inside of our, our gut biome, all kinds of things. I know if I don't eat well <laughs> properly in the morning, then I have a very different level and capacity of resilience than if I do eat well in the morning. So all kind of little things can affect us. So don't feel bad if you happen to 
um, fall into what's it called? Being hangry. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean you're not still resilient. It doesn't mean you're not still resilient, but your resilience may be affected by how hungry you are. Another thing to consider is that the research is showing that the most important predictor of a child's resilience is that child having at least one stable relationship with a parent, caregiver, or other trusted adult. So there's that word trust again, JMO, that we talked Mm -hmm. about last Mm -hmm. last time. Um, So what does that mean when we say a stable and caring relationship with the parent? So some research that is posted on the National Institutes of Health is showing that uh, a physically and mentally healthy parent is more likely to, um, to have positive outcomes. Um, let, me, let me start over. We may have to cut this part out, y'all. A child is much more likely to be physically and mentally healthy if their parents are physically and mentally healthy. And interestingly, a father's physical and mental health has a highly significant um, impact on whether a child is physically and mentally healthy by a factor of about two to three. So what I'm saying is that if a father is physically and mentally healthy, the child is two to three times more likely to be physically and mentally healthy. And the father's physical and mental health can actually buffer, help to buffer when a mother's uh, physical and mental health is compromised. So just a word out here to the dads, you're super important. Don't think that you have to hold back in your love and care of your child. Also want to emphasize that this does not say that as adults we have to be perfect. Our being present, our being compassionate is super important and we do not have to be perfect. Uh, Families can improve resilience by providing a healthy environment for brain and emotional development and important protective factors include healthy nurturing and attachment, parental knowledge of child development. So those development state, developmental stages are really important for us to know and pay attention to. We're also talking about parental resilience because our children are always watching us. How do we respond to adversity in our day-to-day lives? Resilience is also affected by having supportive social connections and access to concrete community supports, feeling safe, feeling supported within our community, our greater community is really important. And we're also talking about the emotional and social competence of children. So an example that I want to draw upon is bullying. And in this case, uh, childhood bullying. So where a child is experiencing bullying is going to be much more likely to yield a negative and long-lasting effect if that child feels isolated from the caregivers, such as they cannot tell the caregiver what's Mm -hmm. going on or the caregiver is not willing to step in and do anything about it, or a child is hearing things such as, well, you know how kids are, or 
you'll get over it, or just get out there and fight back. All of those statements create a sense of isolation. And if we don't know anything else, we know that human beings are built for connection. Human beings need connection, and our trusted adults are needed to do something about improper behavior. Now, bullying is not limited to children because there are some of our professions are highly uh, vulnerable to bullying. Sometimes uh, I think in my work with police departments, there is a incredible stigma when it comes to talking about improper behavior and addressing it. Uh, that's a form of bullying. It creates a sense of isolation. There's also a great sense of isolation within the military. I also serve there. And to talk about improper behavior, to talk about bullying, to talk about harassment can actually affect whether or not you are promoted because you're expected to be tough enough to weather a storm, to settle a situation for yourself. So what happens when the person is a superior officer or someone who's well-connected? So that leaves an adult feeling isolated. So these issues of isolation can apply to bullying across the age range from children to adults. All right. Thank you. Learned some stuff right there. (laughs) I always learn stuff from you, Victor. Um, I'm going to run really quickly through. We've sort of talked about how do we help our children develop resilience. Um, And as adults, I wanted to look at some research that has been done about the characteristics of resilience. What what do I look like as an adult? They've grouped this into five factors um, or five groups. Um, Self-value. Emotional self-regulation, active coping skills, maintaining a a supportive social network, and purpose and spirituality. So as a a resilient adult, um, self-care, choosing to keep healthy, um, prioritizing things like good sleep, healthy eating, exercise. And this one's important, seeking psychological or medical services when they're needed. Right? I don't have to be perfect. And if I'm struggling, I find help. Right? Be willing to do that. You don't have to be perfect. Um, uh, emotional self-regulation, that ability to focus and plan, control impulses, um, reframe negative experiences. Uh, use constructive criticism as a way to make good changes. Um, Victor said, don't feel like you have to be perfect. Um, Staying hopeful, sense of humor, fostering social connections, um, active adaptive coping mechanisms, and those active coping skills, the the adaptive ones, um, seeking out resources, engaging in healthy responses. Look at things like task-oriented coping, counseling, positive hobbies, yoga. My sister does puppy yoga. Um, I thought that was very cool. Engaging in the arts. I play the guitar. Uh, my one of my daughters paints. Um, so those kinds of things. And I'm I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, I I kind of a couple of weeks ago was 
realized that I was sort of in a stuck in shutdown a little bit. And it can be hard to shake yourself out of that. So I looked at where I was kind of falling down and said, all right, I'm going to I'm going to look to try to do two things. Every morning I'm going to get up. I'm going to brush my teeth, floss my teeth, brush my night guard, wash my face, put on my moisturizer, take my medications and sort of get ready for the day. And I'm going to track that. Every day that I do it, I write it down so I can look back and I get a little bit of dopamine in my brain because I can go, woohoo, look at me, go Jama. Um, <laughs> I also realized in, in that sort of looking, okay, well, I've gotten here. I hadn't picked up my guitar in about two or three weeks. Mm. So I sort of made a commitment to trying to play at least three times a week. There's that art. There's a little creativity. To do that, I have to get into my thinking brain. Mm-hmm. Um and again, again, when I have a good guitar session, a little dopamine, I begin to sort of get back into my zone. Um, so active coping skills, mm-hmm. um, maintaining, developing and maintaining a supportive social network. Um, and I will say that for individuals like myself um, who fairly recently divorced, live alone, um, kids are grown and gone, that can be challenging. That can be challenging. And you really have to be intentional, right? I, I organize a meetup group, and I've realized that you, you really have to reach out, right? Um, but building and maintaining um, those those supportive um, connections. Uh, and purpose and spirituality, feeling like you have a purpose in life, that you have core values and beliefs. Um, and for a lot of folks, that's face faith, spirituality, not necessarily religion, but feeling like you're part of a bigger thing. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Okay. It so does. That, that, those are sort of, as adults, where where can we, we're trying to foster resilience in our kids, but what about us? What does that look like as an adult? Mm-hmm. Okay. How are we doing? 20 minutes. Um, you want to wrap it up, Victor? Okay. Okay. Um, but do you mind if before, before I do? Go. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the what happens with the social groups, how that how that feels in your system. As far as building that in, I don't I don't think I knew about the organizing of um, a meetup of meetup. It it's it's been very interesting. It's an online organization, um, and there are thousands of different groups. There's there's sort of themes. Um, the one I've been involved in is um, singles, 40, 50, 60, in the Raleigh area. Um, and most of these folks work, so we've sort of realized that it's hard to do things together during the week. So we focus on weekend things. Um, recently, we've begun to do dinners at a restaurant with six to eight people because that lets us talk to each other. So there's all kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're enjoying a meal. Um, I, we're beginning to have repeaters. For me as an organizer, it I talk about a dopamine serotonin. Talk about I, it. I I I plan it. Yeah. I post it and I put pictures in and I and then I open it and when I look at it 12 hours later and six people have already signed up. Wow. Right. Wow. I'm like. Wow, how cool. These people want to come to this. We want to yeah. see each other again. Um, so, yeah, it's been, been eye-opening. 
Wonderful. And I see it in your face. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I see it in your face. I see it in your eyes, of course, in your voice. And, and so all of these physical, physiological mm-hmm. responses that you're having. And, yeah, just just loving yeah. what that means. And, and I ask that question because so often we zoom past the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Negativity bias. We zoom past the good stuff. We got to go back and stay in the good stuff. And, yeah. And the sense. Up to, I'm also curious about the sense of helping other people because yeah. they wouldn't be coming to this if they were not, you know, being fed by it, enriched yeah. by it. Yeah. The, the, the nutrition of coming together with other people. And having these these yeah. these conversations, this Definitely. connection, and 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 you're right. It, it's um, it helps me yeah. to see other folks struggling with the isolation too. Right? We're we're all there because otherwise we might be sitting home alone. Uh-huh. Um, and j- just to know, I'm not I'm not alone. Yeah, I'm not alone in this. Okay, Jim, I gotta ask. Can you give us one best moment? <laughs> and, and we're going to have a podcast about this, so, so y'all listen up. Um, one best moment. Um, just recently, we there were six of us. We had dinner at um, at a pretty nice restaurant. I forget if it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But. Mm. After we'd all paid our bills, um, one of the members said, "Hey, anybody want to go find a cup of coffee and and a, and a ice cream or something and continue talking?" Uh-huh. And just that that moment of, "Wow, he, he's really having fun and wants to keep this going a little longer." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that yeah that was a little oh how nice to, yeah. to think. He enjoyed spending time with this group as much as I enjoyed spending time with this group. Yeah, um, yeah. and and we actually ended up we didn't find coffee or ice cream. We ended up in a cookie place. Right. But we all got a really good cookie and sat down and believe it or not, started talking about trauma and resilience and stress. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was telling him about these podcasts. So we're sitting there. We must have sat there thirty minutes. Wow! Yeah. Wow. It was it was dark. We were outside at uh-huh. you know one of those metal tables. Yeah. Um, it was one of those nights that it wasn't eighty bazillion degrees, so it was mm. comfortable. Um, yeah, it was very cool. That is super. Yeah. That is super. Yeah. So meeting Thank that, you. <laughs> you're welcome. And and even now, Jama. Okay, you know I got to ask this: What are you noticing in your own body, in your own nervous system, as you look yeah. at this moment in your mind? Because I saw you just looking around and seeing the stuff that was in this environment. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are you noticing in your I, own body right now? I feel now? lighter, at the same time, kind of warm across the top of my back and my chest, yeah. and I'm I've got those achy smile muscles uh-huh, uh-huh. um just whew. lighter would be the, the best word super thank you jama thank you yeah um, and you know what this is this is so cool because right now as you're describing it i'm seeing mm-hmm. you know my my brain is bringing forward some scenes with trees and mm-hmm. a darkening sky mm-hmm. and you know, lights and, you yep. know, street lights and stuff like that, shop lights. So my brain is creating a picture 
around the experience that you're sharing. Yeah. Even the metal chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned because we're actually gonna gonna talk more about this in uh, like two podcasts from now. Yeah. Because um, it's something that you can learn and use, and we're gonna tell you how to do it. Um, don't forget, being resilient doesn't mean hard things don't happen, but um, use your tools. Remember that you can develop resilience, and it's an adaptive process, and um, you can work on it. Um, the very next podcast is going to be about connection, more about connection, because we've been talking about that. Um, and, again, what is it? How do we foster it? How can we really make it work for us? Um, so we're happy you've been here. I hope to see you next time. This has been Jama. And this is Victor. See y'all next.